Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, as the Jaguars, you know, they've made so many strides on offense. 35 touchdown passes from Blake Bortles. That trails only Tom Brady for the National Football League lead in touchdown passes thrown. You take and you got uh, Allen Robinson at one of the wideouts. T.J. Yeldon, the rookie running back from Alabama. Of course, Telvin Smith defensively. I mean, there's so many pieces uh, that look. I'll be honest with you. It, it was fun watching the Jaguars play this year, uh, but on the defensive side of the ball, you know uh, that that was, was without a doubt our Achilles heel. So I'm with you 100 percent there. But uh, so glad that we are wrapping up our first year as our uh, affiliation with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a great move, we think, and we hope that our listeners enjoyed the uh, the promotions just as we had promised that we would do, just as the Jaguars promised that they would do with us. They delivered, and uh, we look forward to having more fun with the Jaguars next year. Let's uh, turn our attention to the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they lose to the Falcons this past week. But, James, I'll be honest with you, and I'd love to hear your take. Monty and I talked about it this week, and I mentioned the fact that there are 99% of the time no, no such thing as a good loss in the NFL. But I think with Carolina, you put aside the, 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 the rivalry with one of your division foes in the Falcons, a team – obviously, that you don't like to lose to. It's the I-95 rivalry that's developed between these two southern cities. But having said that, I think this is a good loss for Carolina in that they can put away all of the talk about going undefeated and they can now settle down on the bigger picture, which is winning the Super Bowl like they have maintained all along. But look, let's face it. Anytime that you've got a zero in the loss column, that's always going to be on the players' minds to keep it going. Absolutely. And, and the fact of the matter is, that in this day and age, it's a little bit harder to go undefeated as opposed to not taking anything from what they did, you know, last uh, in, in back in the day. But, you know, the seasons are a little bit longer now. And, you know, you, the players are stronger, bigger, faster. You know, it's always health concerns. So, you know, just, you know, the fact that teams, you know, think that they can go undefeated. I mean, I'm not saying it's absurd, but I'm saying it's very hard to do is what I'm saying. And now that they got that loss out of the way, as you said, they can kind of just throw that in the back and not really worry about that. And, you know, Ron Rivera preached this before uh, the, the week before this game. He was saying that, you know, with the Giants especially, he was like, hey, look, this Giants team almost came back and beat us. And any team can do it for that matter. Uh, you know, the Falcons team that we're going to play this week can do it, which they did. Well, I won't say they came from behind, but they beat, you know, they beat the the Panthers in hindsight. But anyway, to go on to say, you know, Ron Rivera knew that, you know, this Panthers team could be beat. Now that they have been beaten, it's a question of how do they go forward from here, as you all said. And you have to think this fuels them. Now that they know they can be beaten, they're going to do their best to not show any more weakness from this point on out. And I think they are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I only think this only helps them going forward. Cam Newton seemed really ticked <clears throat> off about the loss, especially to the Falcons. It's only going to fuel him. Greg Olson, he didn't take it lightly either. Ron Rivera didn't take it lightly. And from here on, you know, the league needs to watch out, especially due to this loss, if you ask me. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of the Falcons, look, let's give the Falcons credit. Uh, man, they stepped up. Uh, and it's been a crazy season for the Falcons. We know we remember the great start the Falcons got off to. And then, of course, they hit a tailspin. Uh, we come right back with back-to-back victories over Jacksonville and then, of course, over uh, Carolina. So it's kind of tough, you know, to paint a picture, a true picture of this team especially when you're looking at the Falcons, if they win Sunday, they're finishing 9-7. and seven. And let's just say if you took a sneak peek at their record, 9-7, and seven, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'll take that. But if you found out how, you know, the sum of those parts and how we got there, obviously it, 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 it's kind of a strange 9-7 and seven, the way we got there. Yeah, absolutely a strange 9-7. and seven. Um, And, I, you know, when you look at it, as we said, there, there's the issues that they're going to have to deal with, with probably getting a new GM in there next year. So there's that. But um, Oh, you think the Falcons I, will do that? You think that uh, Dimitrov will be gone? You know, you, you have to wonder if they'll do it. I think they might. You know, I, I mean, just looking at it, it's another losing season. They thought Mike Smith might be the issue. They fired him. Now that they know that Mike Smith isn't the issue, maybe, you know, they'll move on from Dimitrov. We'll have to see. But all in all, that game with the uh, Carolina Panthers did show some good game, uh, show, show some good things out of the Falcons in general. Uh, Matt Ryan showed his potential. He, you know, plays good, doesn't throw interceptions. Uh, Julio Jones, you know, looked real good. I think he had 170-something yards, uh, got a touchdown. You know, that goes to show you when he gets in the red zone and he gets, you know, the, the amount of passes that he needs, the, the Falcons can flourish going forward. And then Devontae Freeman even showed some good things as well. So they showed a lot of promise in that game alone and what they can be with Dan Quinn. It's just a question of what does Arthur Blank think of the job that the GM has done and how will he take that going forward. But I think Dan Quinn's the guy going forward. Um, I like what he's done, especially during this game. He showed a lot of promise. And if you get the right GM in there that's going to get him the right players, you know, the Falcons can be very good. But the fact of the matter is they're 9-7 and seven because there's a talent deficit there, and, you know, they need to fix their offensive line. It's a lot that needs to be fixed on the defense, and uh, they're going to need to get a new GM in there if they're going to do that to um, get those, those pieces in place. Uh, let's stay with the Falcons for a second. Um, something I brought up on the show earlier uh, this week, I guess it was on Monday, and that is uh, if you're Atlanta, James, it, it, is it time to start thinking about now drafting uh, a quarterback uh, in the next NFL draft? Probably. I wouldn't say in the first round, but – uh, maybe high in the draft at some point is is taught. You might want to consider it there, but I wouldn't say that they're at a point where they need to get a guy in the first round. Once again, like I said, Matt Ryan showed some good things in this last game. Um, it, you have to think if they get a better offensive line, that he'll definitely improve. The run game will improve. He won't have to throw as much, and you know from there on they could be better. Because remember, we said this. The Falcons were always good when they had Tony Gonzalez there. And another name that, uh, you know, is going to bring back memories is Michael Turner. When they had Michael Turner in full effect, they had a bruiser back and they could run the ball as well. Matt Ryan's play was better. So, I mean, I don't think they're at a point where they need to replace him. Maybe they need to get somebody high to potentially replace him. 
But I think they need to focus more so on that offense line and focus more on that defense. And if they get those pieces in place, I think Matt Ryan will be okay and he'll be the Matt Ryan of old. Yeah, that was going to be my que- my question to you, James. Do you think that's where uh, they really put their emphasis and focus in this draft coming up is the offensive line? You would have to think so. They um, One of their more pressing needs was defensive end last year. They addressed that. So now you can turn your attention to the offensive line, um, you know, especially in that interior, which is, you know, where Devontae Freeman and, you know, company will get a lot of their yards. That they need to focus on the interior. I mean, generally you don't draft centers or guards high, but, I mean, I'm just saying it needs to be a focus high in the draft or high in free agency because when they get that issue fixed, it'll really help. Um, it'll help Mount Ryan. It'll help uh, Devontae Freeman. It'll help the off the offense in general, and a guy that they might want to look to replace. Speaking of, you know, possibly replacing people, they might want to look to replace Roddy White, who's getting up there in age. So we'll see what they do there. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they look to move on from him. Uh, but then again, you know, crazier things have happened, and they might stick with him. You never know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Obviously, Roddy wasn't in the mix this year. Um, a whole lot. So we will see what happens there. Uh, moving on from the Falcons, James, uh, playoffs right around the corner, I guess, will start in a week. Right now, uh, three hottest teams in the NFC, in your opinion, uh, uh, Carolina, Arizona, maybe Green Bay? Uh, definitely Arizona right now, being that the Panthers lost. Um, and I will say uh, that the Panthers are in you know that top three as well, despite the loss. Because, as we said, this is going to fuel them, and it's going to make them hot. And um, from going forward, you know, they already got the bye. They'll get some rest, and that's going to, you know, only help them for the better in terms of injury. And I will have to say, the, um, in my opinion at least, the Seattle Seahawks and the Vikings are kind of hot right now, too, um, especially the Vikings. As I said, we talked about them earlier in the year when they were on a slump. I told you guys that, you know, Mike Zimmer would get them to play. He'll figure it out, which they did. They figured it out. And uh, that's a team you got to look out for as well. Um, There's a potential that they might play the Packers, who they know very well. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they upset the Packers if they were to play them in the playoffs. Wow, interesting stuff right there. I know uh, the, the Cardinals just look really good. Uh, against the Packers this past week, and I mean it. It it looked like it didn't even like the same Packers team, in my opinion. You're right, and and what it's boiling down to is well, as we we talked about this earlier too, the Packers on offense they've been they they have been the team that they normally have been, and they really miss Jordy Nelson. He he helped them accumulate a lot of points, whether it was through touchdowns or you know causing the defenses to key in on him and freeing up other people. Yeah, so I there's a, a point deficit there now. They don't score as many points as they have because Jordy Nelson isn't there. And, I mean, at times they've been questionable on defense, too. So, you know, they aren't the Packers of all. They they really are struggling. As uh, Phil said, there's a chink in the armor. But, I mean, then again, in the playoffs, you never know. Uh, McCartney might fire those guys up and get them to play a little bit better, but right now they're not looking like the Packers of old. Yeah, I think I mentioned to Phil, I think it was on Monday, Phil. Uh, I said I think the, the the problem with the Packers is Jordy Nelson. I think that that's yep. where, where they're where they're they're hurting. Absolutely. Um, like I said, this guy is pretty much one of my favorite receivers in the league. He takes the top off of coverage. 
And when he's not getting the ball, people are keying in on him. He's freeing up Devontae Freeman. He's freeing up um, the kid from um, from Kentucky, uh, Randall Cobb, that's his name. Uh, he's freeing those guys up. And they also, another thing that I forgot to touch on, we touched on earlier in the year, they don't have that big threat at tight end. They need a big guy at tight end, too, because if they had him, that would really help, too. As we all know, a big target is a quarterback's best friend, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have that. James, um, as we wrap up, let's talk about Black Monday coming up, and uh, let's talk about the coaches that are most at risk of uh, of losing their jobs. Uh, I guess uh, Chuck Bagano, uh, maybe even Tom Coughlin, Mike Pettin, Jim Caldwell, um, I guess would be at the top of the list. Anybody right. there that maybe you want to add to that? Uh, nobody I want to add, but um, I am very concerned for Chuck Pagano's job. Um, I've all, and, and part of it is not his fault. I've always been concerned with the fact that their GM, Ryan Griffin, hasn't drafted very well. And I think, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Jaguars fan, but I think the Colts have been a very lucky organization. They were lucky enough to go on from Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck falling their laps. Because without Andrew Luck, and we've seen it this year, without Andrew Luck, they aren't very good. They're old. I mean, and I'm not saying that to be offensive, but I'm just saying they're an older team. No, right, right. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're an older team. They got to get younger. Ryan Grayson hasn't done a jo- good job of getting them younger at certain positions. I mean, they got a couple hits here and there, like T.Y. Hilton. But other than that, you know, their core offensive players are, you know, are older. We're talking about Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, you know, and they could be looking for a head coach next year, I would think. And uh, there's been whispers of maybe them getting like a guy like Hugh Jackson or, you know, somebody that's real good with quarterbacks that will really turn them around. But their offense, or or should I say their defense as well, is very mediocre. Right. And this year they proved to be worse than mediocre this year. But in the past with Pagano, He's a defensive-minded coach. You know, you would think that the defense would have been a little bit better, but they've, they've been mediocre on that side of the ball, too. Well, and if you're a Jaguars fan or a Texas fan, you know, you have to, you know, look over there at Indianapolis and say, hey, they're losing a grip on this this conference. And obviously they have this year. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you're in the AFC South, you're looking up there like, hey, man, they got some controversy up there. We need to take advantage of this in 2016. So well, I'd be concerned if I was uh, Pagano. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, who in the world is going to quarterback the Colts? I mean, you're talking about Andrew Luck has been out. Uh, Hasselback is hurt. And now Charlie Whitehurst, who was the third stringer, right. is gone. So I understand that they went out and they signed Josh Freeman, who hadn't played in the NFL in two years. Right. Uh, they also signed, I believe, Ryan Lindley. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I think they're looking at um, Charlie. Uh, no, who is it? Stephen Morse. Right, former Jaguar. Yep. That's um. He, he used to be with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars let him go this year, and uh, I think the Eagles picked him up, or the Eagles might have picked him up off our practice squad. That's right. And uh, it didn't work out from there, I guess. And uh, they they went on and picked him up. The Colts did. And uh, that's one of the guys that I've been seeing on, at least on social media, that they say they feel like he might start. So that'll be interesting to watch. You know, the Colts are pretty much out of it. A lot of things has to happen for them to win. 
So, you know, it's really nothing for them to play for, but it still would be interesting to see, you know, what they have in that position, in the backup quarterback position behind Andrew Luck. Because you never know what will happen down this, you know, down the road. Sometimes you have to have a good backup quarterback to back up Andrew Luck because, as we've seen, that offensive line is questionable too as well. And, uh, you know, you, you need to establish something at that position behind him. All right, that's James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. James, uh, we look forward to talking to you next week, starting next week for our three-day segment with you, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yes, sir, I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate the opportunity. And once again, I love the program. I love what you guys are doing. And I also appreciate the listeners uh, for listening in. Well said, James. We couldn't have said it any better ourselves, brother. Listen, hope you have a a happy new year, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next year, James. All right. Happy new year to you all, too, as well as the listeners. Y'all have a good one. Bye-bye, James. That's James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com joining us this morning here on The Morning Drive. 